Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Podband Podcast. The premiere Podband Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome. We're a little bit more high energy today because we have coffee. Yes. I yeah. got an extra shot in mine. Oh, nice. I've never done that before. And you need it. Exactly. Because days like today. Sundays, you know. Sundays. Anyway. Anyway. Just because we're so high energy and not wanting to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get an <laughs> AI to do it for us. <laughs> That's exactly what everyone does nowadays. Like, you know, it, it started back in the Industrial Revolution. Fun history. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to get history today. <laughs> That's what we are. It's history. Exactly. And modern. So, exactly. So, people didn't want to do the factory jobs anymore? Uh, that's not accurate, but... <laughs> <laughs> Those damn machines taking their jib. <laughs> but the machines took their jerk. They took their Took their jerk. Extra points if you know what that's from. I feel... I feel like not many people probably do. I don't know. I was like, it's like one of the old ones. Yeah, it's an old one. And the new one sucks, so it's like... Yeah. If you know what that is, here's a round of applause for you. Yay. Hey. <laughs> anyway, just like people who, do, who don't want to do their jobs. So we've had an AI do pipe band stuff for us previously. Yes. Um, we were like, oh, what would an AI, th- like, how would an AI continue the story and about, you know, Highland Games? And it was interesting because, and by the way, AI is artificial intelligence, in case we didn't say. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know, and that's okay. Um, now you know. Artificial intelligence does what you program it to do. And we're really curious, like, has anyone ever programmed it to do pipe band things? And the answer is probably not. <laughs> I think that's what we got from the last one we did. Yeah. So the last one was interesting. Go back and wa- listen to it slash watch it if you hadn't already. What episode is it? I can't tell you, but... If you just w- listen scroll. to all of our episodes yeah. and then you'll know. Exactly. You'll find it eventually. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to do... An- a different AI is going to help us write a blog post. As if, you know, we were going to start our own blog. Because, like, come on, like, you start a blog, you got to post all the time. It's, like, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Why not have an AI do it for you? Why not? So let's test out to see how well an AI could do that. And just, you know, write us write us a blog post. And then we'll maybe finish off with a little story. Yeah. You know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, see how it goes. Happens. If this is a really bad AI, we won't do that. But <laughs> it might be entertaining. I don't know. So um, our blog post here is called... Things you need to know before joining a pipe band. Important, so, right? yeah, yeah. Let, let's give it one. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I started out. We got to start out with a little intro. So, mm-hmm. you know, we get it. Pipe bands are super cool. Everyone wants to be in one. But there are a few key things you need to know before you join a pipe band. So, first of all. How to find a pipe band. First of all, how do you find a pipe band? This is probably the most important <laughs> question. 
since you can't join one if you can't find one. All right. We got that first couple paragraphs here. Let's see. Let's see what the AI says. Wait for it. I'm waiting. Wait. Oh, nice. Okay. Here we go. Here you can read this one. Uh, since you can't join one if you can't find one. We've got a map that you can use to find the closest pipe band to you. It's sort of like how Google Maps shows how you get to from how you how to get from place to place. If it is a pipe band out there in your area, you can ask the directors if they tour. Most nice. Do. Most do. I mean, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so the first thing you do is you find the directors and ask them if they tour. Yeah. Find the directors of the pipe band. Ask if they tour. Yes. Using our map, apparently, which we're gonna, uh, yeah, we're gonna make. Let's tell them more about a special map. Uh, uh, okay. Actually, let's just let's just have it start from here. Continue what your thought is, AI. Mm -hmm. All right. Some bands don't have a fixed location. They are mobile and tour the country. These are called roving pipe bands. RPB. <laughs> All right. I mean, now we've learned that there are roving pipe bands. Roving pipe bands are a thing. Let us know if you want us to do an episode on those. And then it continues. I'm actually kind of impressed with this next thing on our, that it continues. So, you know, now we know about roving pipe bands. And now we're going to continue to the next thing on our list. Mm -hmm. The next question you need to ask is what kind of pipe band are you looking for? There are three kinds. Grade 1, 2, 3. Grade 1 bands play at a very high level of difficulty and compete in many competitions throughout the year. Like Cowl. Grade 2 and 3 have more local competitions and play at lesser difficulty level than grade 1 pipe bands. What's Cowl? I mean, that's a, that's a, let's fact check it here. Is that a place? It's a, yeah, it's an actual competition every year. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cowl Highland Gathering. Yeah. I mean, according to their website, the Cowl Highland Gathering is the biggest, most spectacular Highland Games in the world. Hmm. It's in Danoon, uh, in Scotland. On the Cowell Peninsula in Argyle and Butte over the final weekend in August is when it's held. So it's coming up. Yeah. What what day even is it? <laughs> I think it's August first. Oh, I guess. Yes. It's coming up. Because <laughs> we're not airing it. Oh. Today, but. It, you know, it's either coming up soon or in like a year. It has been at some because I don't know if they're still if they're doing it this year because of uh ah, COVID right. or whatever. I don't know. But in any case, this is kind of spooky that this AI knew that... It's pretty close. Yeah. Cowl's a thing. Grade 1, 2, and 3 are a thing. Forget 4 and 5. I mean... I mean... Yeah. Close enough? Close enough. Um, And I guess 2 and 3... 2 and 3 also compete in many competitions throughout the year um, at various locations. But, you know, this is pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call them roving grades. But... No, not roving pipe bands, yes. RPB. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what what should we how should we continue from here? Uh, what else do we need to know? Uh, what instrument you want to play? The, the next thing you need to know is what instrument you would like to play in the pipe band. Let's see what the AI says from there. Does it know the instruments? The next thing you need to know is what instrument you'd like to play in the pipe band. There are three pipes, Great Highland, Lowland, and Irish. The Highland, or the Great Pipes, are the most difficult to learn. They are used in most pipe band competitions. The Lowland is the easiest to learn and plays a much slower tune, but is not as good as the Highland. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a small bore set of pipes for a concert play of music called, quote, the black and white set, end quote, which includes all four kinds of pipes. Ah. I feel like this AI knows more about bagpipes than I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What about drums? Yes. Uh, or you could be interested in playing drums in a pipe band. And then let's see what it says from there. It's loading. It, it's kind of spooky how much it, how much it knows. It must be like sourcing it from like um, Google or Wikipedia or something. It knows the drums. It knows the drums? It knows the drums, yeah, yeah. Um, or you could be interested in playing drums in a pipe band. Drumming is something that every band needs. It is not uncommon for the drummers to be volunteers. The bass drum, tenor drums, and snare drums are the most important drums. They are usually played by the band's heavy heavy drummer and other experienced drummers. To learn more about the different drums, check out this site. www.rspb. RSPB. <laughs> Stop. It almost got to the RSPBA website. Yeah. So, the band's heavy drummer. That is, quote, heavy drummer. Heavy drummer. That's, um, I guess I don't know what a light drummer is. Not in a pipe band. Not my band. I mean, <laughs> I'll finish that at RSPBA.org. Cool. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. I don't know. It's it's pretty accurate so far. I'm kind of spooked. I think we could start a blog. <laughs> Other than, you know, some of the some of the tactful things like the lowland pipes are not as good as the highland pipes. It plays a slower tune. <laughs> a slower tune. Um, but it's not as good as the highland pipes. No. And the most important drums in the band are the bass drum, tenor drum, and snare drums. Accurate. But the lesser important ones are, you know. Maybe, maybe you should type that in. Let's see what it says. Uh, and other experienced drummers. To learn more about the different drums, check out this site. I mean, it told us to check out that site. No, that's true. doesn't want to tell us the lesser drums. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to read up on those other drums, go to rspba.org. RSPB dot. RSPB dot. Is actually what it told us. So I'm guessing it means the RSPBA website. Got close. I don't know if they have information there on all the kinds of drums in a pipe band. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see this AI cited sources because it's not doing that. I don't know where it got this information. <laughs> um, but yeah.
That's that AI. That's that AI. That was uh, shortlyai.com, which is pretty good. We're just using the free trial, but, you know, you can go on there and you can pay $79 a month, apparently, for it to write blog articles for you. Yes. And that seems like a lot, but, like, I guess it does a pretty good job. (laughs) (laughs) It knows things. It's kind of spooky. I'm glad we're stopping here because, like, it might actually know too much. <laughs> if we give it any more information, it'll find out, like, our names and our home addresses. and <laughs> Too spook. Too spooky. So let's try a different AI and see what this AI can tell us about Pipe Band. Yes. All right. So now we're going to go to a website called Akinator, and the cool kids will know what this is. <laughs> We had to ask Alex what it was called. I knew it was Ark. <laughs> it's a website that looks like a genie. And there's like a genie and he's like he, he like he tries to guess what character you're thinking of, what real or fictional character you're thinking of. So um, we decided we would try to do this with um, a someone Scottish. A someone Scottish. A someone Scottish. See, I'm trying to think if we should do like... William Wallace or Robert Burns, or if we should just go straight for, like, some pipe band person, mm. you know? I mean, we could do, like, let's try it and see if it knows Alex Duthard. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay. Because he's, like, you know, famous enough, w- like, extremely famous in the pipe band world, so then I feel like that's enough. So it might know. It might know. If it doesn't know Alex Duthard, I don't know who else it would know. Like, I mean, because I'm a drummer, and of course. I mean, there are p- probably people listening to this who are like, oh, you should have it guess... Freaking, I don't know, that person, that dude who was the best piper to ever live. And I'll be like, sure, you go online and you do this yourself (laughs) and you have fun with it. So, um, just so we're clear, so I know, so we don't get any facts wrong. I have the, I have a Wikipedia page open to Alex Duthert and Adela has the Akinator website open. And we're going to see how this works. So, let's go for it. Let's do it. Is your character a girl? No. Is your character animated? No. Is your character a famous YouTuber? No. Is your character more than 40 years old? Yes. I mean, he's dead, so... Okay. I mean, okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, technically yes. Did your character die? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Is your character a citizen of the United States? No. Is your character bad? No. Has your character been dead for more than a hundred years? No. Died 27th of November 1986, by the way. So I am fact-checking this. Don't worry. Yes. It's not because we don't know anything about him. (laughs) Does your character play in movies? No. Is your character a politician? No. It's going to be like, who is this person? (laughs) Does your character create music? Yes. We're getting somewhere. Nice. Does your character play in a rock band? No. Does your character sing songs in English? No. Does your character like to laugh? The, the answers are yes, no, don't know, probably, and probably not. I don't know. Okay. I would imagine everyone likes to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Is your character a native Spanish speaker? 
No. Is your character Muslim? No. Is your character European? Yes. Is your character was your character famous in the 1950s? Let me see. E before I say, let me see. Um Yes, I'll say yes. Floating. It's thinking um, real hard. <laughs> that's his thinking face. Oh, that's a nice thinking <laughs> face there. Uh, is your character Russian? No. Is your character a singer? No. Probably should have asked that first. Yeah. <laughs> is your character German speaking? No. Is your character British? Yes. Okay, getting closer. Mm hmm. Is your character colorblind? That's a good question. <laughs> um, let's see here. <sighs> colorblind, colorblind, colorblind. Nope, doesn't look like it. Unless someone knows something I don't, but no. Should I say, should I say probably not? Probably not, yeah. <laughs> Is your character a singer or does he work with a singer as a songwriter, producer, musician? No. It's just avoiding drumming. Like, I know. <laughs> that's the one thing. It's like, it has to be singing, though. <laughs> uh, is your character's work dangerous? Okay, so technically, um, Alex Duthert was a blacksmith. Mm. So, you know. Should we say probably? Worked as a blacksmith in the steelworks. So, maybe. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. Okay, okay. Uh, is it Alan Matheson Turing, a mathematician? No, but close. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, pour one out for Alan Turing real quick. Mathematician. Um, so I told it to continue. Uh, does your character own a phone? Y yeah, probably. <laughs> character from a TV series? No. Does your character play League of Legends? No. <laughs> Person who is dead. It's we're who getting was famous in the 1950s. <laughs> Please. It hasn't even asked if he's a drummer. It's it's usually so good. Why? Um is your character from a China line? No. What even is that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um has your character killed people? No. I mean, I don't think <laughs> Probably so. Not. Probably not. Is your character from a series of novels? No. <laughs> We're, getting <wor> <laughs> We're getting further away here. Can your character walk upstairs? Probably. I mean... He's dead. I don't know. Yeah, but like, during his lifetime, I uh, imagine. Probably. Has your character played the role of the Grinch? No. <laughs> is it just give Jim Carrey? Is that just what it's trying to have us guess? It's, it's Jim Carrey, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, yeah. Does your character have a wedding ring? Probably. He was married, so probably. probably. Um, has your character governed his country? No. Does your character use sticks? Yes. There we go. We're getting, yes. getting back on track, maybe. No. Okay. Has your character published books? 
Um, actually, oh. let me see. Uh, I know there are some some Alex Duthert drumming books, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Co-authoring two tutorial books on pipe band drumming under his own name. Okay. Yes. So yes. yes. Is your character a scientist? No. Is your character from Hinduism? No. Is your character from a crime show? No. Does your character talk about the government? No. Does your character especially appeal to children? No. <laughs> Is your character known for exploding TNT? Probably not. <laughs> I found this on the web for character known for exploding TNT. Check it out. No, thank you. Siri, why? <laughs> we have too many AI devices in this room. <laughs> Does your character use hair gel? I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> Maybe. Is your character known for guitar solos? No! <laughs> has- oh, shit, I hit yes. No! Well, that's fine. It doesn't listen anyway. Has your character recorded any albums? Uh, technically, yes. Okay. Is your character originally from a TV show? No. Did it already ask this? I think it did. Has your character been dead for more than 20 years? Yes. Does your character have red skin? N- no. What? <laughs> ah, is your character a drummer? Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I think of John Bonham. No. Should we continue? John, what, who's? Let me look this up. See how close it was. The drummer of Led Zeppelin. The drummer of Led Zeppelin. I mean, close. <laughs> uh, oh no. Okay. Okay. Um, Closer than Alan Turing. So, my character is not on this list. How do you spell his name? Alan. Go. Okay. Is there someone more famous in the Pipan community? <sighs> let's think. So let's look up famous bagpipers. Like, obviously, the pipe major of any grade one band in the past 50 years is going to be, quote, famous. But <sighs> let me see here. I'm Googling famous bagpipers. And we'll see what Google brings up. Because if Google brings it up, that's probably... It's probably famous enough. Pretty famous. So, famous bagpipers. Gordon Duncan. Gordon Duncan was a bagpiper. Lived from um, 1964 to 2005. He was born in Turriff, Aberdeenshire. And because it's going to ask us, has recorded solo albums. Um, and further album was compiled after his death from previously recorded material. Um, he's composed over 100 tunes in his lifetime. Wow. And arranged music for the Vale of Athol and Scottish Power Pipe Bands. And yeah, we'll we'll go with him. We'll see. Obviously, a very a very prolific um, bagpiper. Sounds Let's try it. Famous enough. Yeah, and he has a Wikipedia page. So there we you go. Know, I don't know where this dude is getting his info from, but <laughs> if he's getting it from Wikipedia, he's we gonna know. It. Yep. I, which I don't think he is because he didn't know Alex Duthert, but that's okay. Okay, 
Is your character a girl? No. Is your character real? Yes. Is your character a YouTuber? No. Is your character more than 40 years old? Yes, technically. Okay. Did your character die? Yes. Is your character a citizen of the United States? No. Has your character killed people? No. That's a good one. Um, is your character in the Bible? No. <laughs> is your character European? Yes. Is your character British? Yes. Getting close. Has your character recorded any albums? Yes. Does your character wear white? <laughs> um, it's probably at some point. <laughs> Not notably. <laughs> Is your character in love with a man? No. Was your character created by Wild Bow? Wild Bow? No. I don't know who that is. Created by... It knows it's real. It knows this person is real. Uh, let me questions. <laughs> um, was your character murdered? No. Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> Does your character... Does your character eat? Does he eat? Yes. I mean, during his lifetime, yes. I'm sure he did eat. <laughs> Is it John Lennon? No, but you know what? <laughs> it's close enough. You don't want to continue? <laughs> I think we're good. So, that didn't work. No. But, um, one more... AI thing. And One more. I think that's it for this podcast in AI. I think we'll, yeah, I think we'll be done. So um, this AI I read about as being, quote, spooky, because <laughs> <laughs> it's based on a neural network, which I guess means it's like a brain. Ah. I guess. I don't know. That's a fancy term for these developers are real proud of themselves for making something that seems super smart. So um, we'll be the judge of that. This is called Infrakit, and oh, screen recording. And it's supposedly real spooky. So we just got to get started typing, and it's gonna type, and it's gonna, it's, it'll do a thing. Pipe Band Podcast is the premier pipe band podcast in all of the pipe band world, and this is why. Pod band. I just took that away. I'm sorry. Cast <laughs> is the premiere. I like it though. Pipe band podcast. And this is why. Generate me some text. <laughs> you can't people who are listening can't see, but but it I'm I'm dumbfounded right now. Let's let's hear it. All right. Podband Pipecast is the premier pipe band podcast, and this is why. Every month, Barry Estabrook and Ed Squircheck gather a top brass band with pyrotechnics, beautiful uniforms, and a shtick as diverse as British brass bands themselves to record a podcast about... Pipe bands? Bands. So... I don't know who Barry and Ed are. Okay, I, I want to be Barry. You can be Ed. Okay, I'll be Ed. Um, okay, so we're recording a pod, 
podcast about pipe bands, which is true. Yes, yes. Um, Barry and Ed uh, have a great time, and everyone loves them. True. Mm-hmm. Accurate. Um, uh, tell us what else. I just said what. <laughs> what? Same. <laughs> oh, okay. It's thinking. What's more, the content is consistently interesting. True. Yes. Barry and Ed are astute and objective about the parade bands. And, and the musical content they discuss is top notch. Okay. It's an easy podcast to catch up on. Because it's easy to listen to. Yeah, and it's yeah, fun yeah. and it's astute. Quote, what a neural network. Astute. This a neural network is brilliant. Um, uh, I mean, what else can you say? There's Honestly. not much else to say. Nailed it. Except for our names. Yeah. Legally I mean, changing my name to Barry. I mean, that's a good name. Yeah. Ed is a good name. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Swircheck. And you are Barry Estabrook. Barry Estabrook. Estabrook. It's weird check. I don't even know how to pronounce my my own name, clearly. That's okay. It's your name. You can pronounce it how you want. (laughs) So, um, let's, now that we've said everything we have to say, let's, so what else, what else are we gonna, um, um, this podcast's Content is fantastic. I have learned so much about pipe bands. It's thinking. Oh, look at it go. Oh. This podcast content is fantastic. I have learned so much about pipe bands. My favorite is the Minnesota International Open Championship. It is held at the state fairgrounds each year, but is so exciting and beautiful, regardless of location. (laughs) I mean, it's Minnesota. I hope you find this podcast as fun as I do. This is bad. This is the worst one that we've we've had. I mean, I thought the last one we did on the last episode was, you know, about uh, where it talked about bass drummers competing in a gladiatorial like combat. That was yeah. Just, that was fun. That was interesting. This and is this, just, what are you doing? I I don't know where this came from. Who's in this neural network? <laughs> Who is this useful to? <laughs> The previous one with the blog post writing, that's like, okay, you know, this could be usable. Yeah, this could be good. Yeah. Um, this one, I I don't think Minnesota has an international open open championship for pipe bands. I don't know that. <laughs> can, we, can we get a fact check? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're fact checking it now. And if it's held at the state fairgrounds, yes. oof, you know, regardless of location, it's, it's those state fairgrounds in Minnesota. Are oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. Every day. Okay, so... That's a no. That's a no. But don't worry. AI has continued. There is more. Oh, good. Let post. us hear. Okay, I hope you find this podcast as fun as I do. Thanks. Seven. <laughs> Music in this podcast. Presto by Gang Gang Dance and The Bridge by Snarky Puppy. <laughs> Nine. 
7th of September, 2015. Been a busy couple months. We'll try to write more as it... And then it just stops. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know what it's doing. Where has it gone? <laughs> you just I... gave up on our thing and was like, let's just do like a diary post or something. I... I feel like I need to, it needs to keep going. Maybe there's someone stuck in it and I need to like. Ask them if they're okay. Yeah. Do you need help out of the neural network? <laughs> we'll try to write more as it is what the old Terry always preached. Old Terry. Old uh, Terry. <laughs> classic Terry. <laughs> One week to the fall LADCC competition in Erie, Pennsylvania. No, now we're in Pennsylvania. Will I be getting my bling from that competition? <laughs> you bet. Good job, Tuesday. <laughs> It's safe to say that I will get that bling. Get that bling. Old Terry. Old Terry. I mean, I guess, so I guess, like, it is writing sentences. Yes. They make sense. Sometimes. By themselves. I wonder if. Can we get a fact check on Is Presto by Gang Gang Dance an actual song? <laughs> there is a band called Gang Gang Dance, but I don't see a song called Presto by them. How about The Bridge by Snarky Puppy? Snarky Puppy. Okay. <laughs> what a band name. I mean, there you go. It, it, it exists. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see a song called The Bridge. It gets so close. As yet so far. Okay, so The Bridge uh, by Snarky Puppy is not a thing. But Snarky Puppy is. And Presto by Gang Gang Dance is not a thing. But Gang Gang Dance is a thing. So, shout out to those bands. Um, this AI got you. There's like a, a, a neural network that's listening to your music. And it is making up songs, but like... But it knows you exist. It knows you exist, and that's pretty impressive. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I think uh, I think we're done with AI. Yeah. That was interesting. We had uh, one really good AI... That wasn't even on this episode. Yeah. Well, and then this episode... Oh, oh yeah, the first we had one a we good did. one. Yeah, yeah. And then... The other two were not good, uh, even though people have described it as described it as quote spooky. That I was feel not like, spooky. Uh, it's not spooky. AI might take over the world soon. I don't know, but, but not this one. Not this one, and not the pipe band world, because they clearly don't have enough information. Yeah, does not compute. Does not compute. So yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. Let three, us three out of ten. You know. AI again. Wouldn't AI again. I mean, let us know if you try out some AI. If there's a really good one that knows a lot about Pipe Band, I'm not going to hold my breath, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe take a listen to Gang Gang Dance and Snarky Puppy. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. If we... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that. That was done. It's done. We're done with AI. No more. Ever. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this show, then support us on Patreon for exclusive content as well as the video of us recording this. We'll have special exercises we'll be writing as well as tips and tricks with tenor drumming and other instruments to come. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube for some tenor tutorials and possibly other tutorials later on. Um, and like us on Facebook at Podband Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Welcome back. Brenda, you've won big on the Cash Family of Scratchers. Now, on that Cash Scratcher is a bonus box that could double your cash. So scratch that or choose the donkey box behind curtain number one. Okay, and if I pick the donkey box? You win a donkey. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Not really. Scratch the bonus box. This game is so tricky. The bonus box could double your winnings, and you could win up to $2 million. So play the Cash Family of Scratchers from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly. Wow, I've got a whole five minutes before my next call. What should I do? Grab a snack? Nah. Text with mom? Hmm, that's more than a five-minute proposition. I have been looking at getting a new bank account. Is that even possible? Can't believe you have extra time? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a region's checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, it's Damien from Marketing Food Online. So I'm actually wrapping up a day here in the candy shop, but I wanted to do a video and give you the 10 tips for any food entrepreneur to start any type of food business. And I'm going to get to those 10 tips right now. Let's take just a minute to thank today's sponsor of our video. It's actually Next Insurance, which is a great provider of small business insurance from e-commerce restaurants, and food trucks, and everyone else in between. They provide food business insurance that is affordable, easy to get, and with all the things it takes to actually grow a small business, buying insurance for it is something that should be easy. Yes, you actually need insurance for every kind of food business, no matter what it is. I even use it, as a matter of fact, for my own candy and snack business, but the one thing I love the most is actually the monthly payments. Believe it or not, some insurance companies require up front the entire year's payment but Next Insurance was able to tailor our insurance to our specific food business and allow me to make monthly payments. They also offer insurance like workers' compensation, limited liability insurance, and you can get a coverage as little as 10 minutes, and you can do it on your phone. Yes, your phone. As a matter of fact, they're even better business rated A+, and they give you complete control over your account 24-7. You can get insurance certificates as well, making the process super simple. So, if you're a small business owner and you like to save money, like up to 30% on an insurance policy, you need to definitely check out the description down below. Click the link and join over 100,000 small business owners just like you who are using Next Insurance. Now let's get to the 10 tips for starting any food business. All right, so I'm going to cover those 10 different tips for any food entrepreneur who wants to create any type of a food business. These 10 things are pretty universal and you definitely need to check them out before you actually dive into creating your own food entrepreneurship journey. So as I mentioned before, my name is Damian Roberti and this channel is Marketing Food Online. We're all about food entrepreneurship and we have over a thousand videos to help you get your food business up and running or food truck started, creating a packaged food product and pretty much anything else that you can think of related to food. 
that is what we do. So you definitely want to subscribe and hit the bell notification. We have videos that we upload pretty much every single day. So let's dive into this list. As always, I don't want to waste your time. We're going to get right to the point. Number one, you need to check the passion. You need to check your passion for what you're going to do. Now, that may be like, well, Damien, that's kind of an odd tip. What does that mean exactly? So if you're looking to create a business, no matter what it is, you better be super excited and passionate about what you're going to create, do, or make. If you're gonna start a food truck, then you better be super excited and passionate about it because the energy that you have will dictate the level of success, success sorry about that, success that you're going to have doing it. Because the one thing I've learned uh, 12 years ago when I first started, I was putting in probably 12 to 13 hours a day trying to get our business started and getting it off the ground. And of course, we're 100% e-commerce business, so that was creating websites, creating listings, um, pretty much creating everything that we needed on the back end of our e-commerce experience, making that happen before we even had any sales. So I was super excited about the fact that I just started a business and that passion and excitement is what drove me to do what I do now. And of course, fast forward 12 years later, we really love what we do and we've obviously excited about it enough to create a YouTube channel and, and teach you guys how to do it. But create that passion. You need to push yourself and motivate yourself in order to do any of the following things I'm about to tell you. So number two, you got to figure out what it is you're going to make. Are you going to make a packaged food product? Are you going to create a food truck? Are you going to go all the way and start an entire bakery, a retail bakery storefront, a coffee shop? Um, are you going to do an e-commerce food business? Figure it out as far as what it is specifically you want to do. Obviously, you need to figure out the food product. That sounds great. But then how are you going to distribute it? How are you going to sell it? Is it going to be a packaged food product? Are you going to start a food truck and then make a product and sell it through the food truck? You need to figure out what it is exactly that you are wanting to do. Now, as far as the finances and the money, don't let, if you don't have enough money to get it started up front, I'm going to go through the list, like I just said. If you don't have enough money up front, don't let that stop you from starting, okay? That doesn't mean the first day out as an entrepreneur, you need to come up with $100,000 and have the answers to all the questions. Just get started with the understanding of what it is you're going to make, okay? Number three, what is your budget? So, you need to take a really hard, solid look at your finances. And like I just said, if you don't have enough upfront, don't let it stop you from starting. See what you can put into this entire endeavor for the first day. That means if you don't have money to get licenses and permits and all that just yet, you have a lot of questions, you know what? Spend a month or two Googling, finding out the information you need to find out while you put some money aside, or you can free up some money from either a savings account or even a credit card if you're gonna use that, personal loan or maybe if it's something that you can get your family behind you and they're going to help finance this endeavor, it's okay to spend a couple of months obviously getting into asking questions, finding out what you need to have, how much money do you think you'll need to have in order for you to start. It's very unique to your situation and unique to the type of food business that you're going to start as to how much money do I need to start a business. It is a huge variable. Some people can start an online business for a few hundred dollars, believe it or not. Some people can start with just a couple thousand. Some people may need 50 or $60,000. Obviously, you can't start a food truck business with a few hundred dollars. That's a big endeavor. Can you start selling a product online or potentially even becoming an affiliate marketer for food products and start a small blog or a website and generate money from that and let it compound and grow? That is the next thing that you need to think about. So what your budget is and where you are in your finances, in your own personal life, in your family situation, take a look at your finances. That does not have to stop you. Start, like I said, small. If you need a certain amount of money, two months later you realize, wow, I'm gonna need about $50,000, then figure out how to make that $50,000. If you have to start small, then do that. 
My business started 12 years ago. I think we were selling like 20 or $30 a, a month actually on eBay, believe it or not. But I didn't let that stop me or get discouraged. I got excited because I was actually selling anything. And that pushed me to create more listings, pushed me over to Etsy. Then I created two websites. Then the money started coming in and then little by little it grew. So this is gonna be a long-term in investment of your time and resources, but don't let it stop you if you don't have all the money up front. So next up, number four, figure out what permits licenses or certificates or whatever it may be that you're going to need for your specific type of venture okay this again is the same across the board no matter what type of business you're in if you have a food truck business great guess what you may actually have to have a permit to sell in different counties when you drive over a certain county line if you're working from home guess what that's cottage food so you may need a specific uh, food handler's license maybe a food handler's card maybe you don't need anything believe it or not some states don't even require a permit or license but find out first what the endeavor is, what your budget is, and then what type of a license or permit will you need specifically for your business. So number five, next one, get insurance. And as I mentioned in the introduction, next insurance is the place for you to do it. I actually, again, like I said before, I use them. I actually use them for our candy and snack business. They are very fast, very easy to use. It's not complicated at all. Plus the fact that it allows us to make monthly payments is another thing going all the way back to the first couple things I mentioned about the budget. They allow you to make those payments. So that is something that's gonna save you a lot of money just because you can make a payment every month of whatever that may be, uh, depending upon the type of policy you get. But you have that opportunity to not have to put out an entire year's worth of payments up front. That is a huge plus. But again, across the board, no matter what type of food business or business you're starting, you need to have insurance, so check out Next Insurance. And again, that description down below in the description section, I'll have a link for you as well. Next up, number six is to have an online presence. You need to have some type of online presence no matter what type of food business you're gonna start. Well, Damien, I'm gonna have a food truck, so how does a website come up? Doesn't make a difference. You should have a website for your food truck. Why? Because as you have people who are locally following you and love your food, they may want to go to your website because down the road, you maybe have a barbecue food truck and you're going to create a product and it's going to be a barbecue sauce that you invented. Guess what? You could sell that on the website. That creates another stream of revenue. So having a website, no matter the type of food business, obviously if you're e-commerce, you need to have a website. Even if you're cottage food and you're selling from home, a website is an informative way to let people know about new products that you have and maybe even tell them where you're going to be at the certain farmer's market in your state, where you're going to be next weekend, where you're going to be next week. That can help you generate more buzz and understanding of who you are, what you make, and where to actually buy your product. So have a website even if you have a cottage food business. And of course, if you have a restaurant, again, you can obviously need a, a website because you can, you can create some type of order method and have local orders placed directly through your website and delivered to people, okay? So have a website. Next up, social media presence. Yes, now a website is one thing. Social media presence is another. You need to be on all of these platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, and maybe even LinkedIn, to be, believe it or not. You need to have a Facebook, you need to have some type of social media presence on all of these platforms. Now, does that mean you need to update every single day with new content, Damien, that's overwhelming? No, not necessarily. You could do a couple of posts throughout each week. You don't have to be on there every single day. Facebook, uh, Twitter, and specifically even LinkedIn is a great place to network with a lot of other people if you're selling a packaged food product. If you're an e-commerce food business, guess what? Being on these platforms are a gold mine for you to reach new people and potential food buyers of your product. Um, I have a food truck, why would I wanna be on LinkedIn? 
Well, you might want to be on LinkedIn because again, as you roll out a product or you create a new e-commerce website and start selling products that you're creating on the food truck, people on LinkedIn may, you got chefs, you have food buyers, you have food brokers, you have supermarket uh, buyers. These are people who can potentially buy the product from you and then bring that into their stores. But you would have never connected with them because you weren't on LinkedIn. You see how this works? So you want to have a presence online. So next up, you want to market your website and market your food business and even market your food truck. Yes, Instagram and Twitter, these are great platforms for food trucks. They get instantaneous response. You can engage with the customers. You can use hashtags to get exposure for your food truck. People love to take images, post to Instagram, say, hey, I was at Damien's food truck. Check this out. They have barbecue, whatever it may be. But you need to be engaged on these different platforms. So using social media to market your different uh, food businesses is something that you need to do. Damien, isn't that just like being on social media and creative? No. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people. I have a lot of clients I've done consultations with who actually create social media uh, presence. They have a great uh, presence on there, but they don't do anything with it. You have to be active in marketing, so that's the whole purpose of it. So make sure that you market on those social platforms. Next up, number nine is the bank account. You need to have a business bank account, not a personal bank account. Make sure that you have a business account where all of your business transactions are taking place. Again, no matter the type of food business that you're creating, you gotta have a business bank account. Across the board, that's another one that's the same no matter what. Having a business bank account also creates your history, a business history for you if you go to apply for a credit card. If you wanna get a business loan, people are gonna wanna look at your transactions. How much money are you making? How much is your profit? All of that can be summed up with a business bank account, okay? So number 10, the final one on our list. Now remember, this list is not all inclusive. These 10 are the most important in my perspective, but there is a lot of other things that you need to be doing, of course, for your own specific food business. Number 10, EIN. You need to have an employer identification number. This is for tax purposes, and this is what the IRS is going to want you to have. And if you are operating a legitimate Business, you need to make sure that you have that EIN. Now, how do I get that? You can simply just fill one out and get one either register uh, through the IRS website, I believe it is, and you can fill that out there and get it. But you need to make sure that you're keeping track of that for tax purposes, and your employer identification will be the number that identifies your business. So those are 10 really quick tips for any type of food business, no matter where you're starting, what you're starting, what you're selling. And remember to double check as always with insurance because it is ultra important, guys. This is not something that you want to take lightly. Get yourself a, a next insurance policy for your food business and check out the link down below for that. And I will see you guys on our next video. Imagine the perfect cheeseburger, toasted bun, big juicy burger, melted cheddar, and Stella Rosa Royale. Yeah, Stella Rosa Royale is food's best friend. Best served chilled. It has a bold red berry flavor and more alcohol than other Stella Rosa wines. And pairs well with any food you can imagine. So grab a bottle from your local retailer today. But maybe change your shirt first. You have some imaginary drool on it. Celebrate. Stella Rosa. Celebrate responsibly. In the time before AT&T Fiber Internet. Me video call is all stuttery. Does me face look okay on your end? A monster! Breathe a monster! In the time after AT&T Fiber Internet. I love having 25 times faster upload speeds than cable. Yeah. The dawn of a better internet era with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Check eligibility at att.com slash getfiber. Based on Internet 1000 wired upload connection speed versus major cable providers. One gig service with uploads of 35 megabits per second. Speeds vary, not guaranteed. Restrictions apply.
please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Mike Moore Media, the first place to hear Rockingham County news and information. In our studios is Mike Doherty, Director of Economic Development for the City of Eden. Hey, Mike, how are you? Just fine. Glad to be here. Oh, it's good to have you here. We go back many years, and you are about to retire from the City of Eden after, what, 19 years? Yep. So we want to kind of take a look back at uh, economic development in those 19 years and some of the accomplishments and... uh, you know, kind of uh, remember some of the good things that have happened and maybe look ahead to the future and some things, too. I know you've kind of broken things down into uh, maybe about 10, 10 categories here so we can kind of uh, get a perspective on things. Let's talk first about industrial recruitment and expansion, because there's been a lot of that in your tenure here. Yeah, certainly the last 16 months or probably close to 24 months we have seen a lot not just in Eden but in the entire county really from about May of 2019 on where you saw just nine new industries in the whole county and Eden got most of them mm-hmm. and most of the jobs but you know, prior to that there had been Gildan you know started off as a 200,000 square foot facility now they have 1.2 million square feet so they've grown over the years six expansions Loprex has had two expansions. You know, Karistan, sadly, they're gone now, but they were almost gone in 2015. And I, I thank Phil Berger for that because the Department of Commerce was in a bit of a mess at that time. And mm. Phil Berger really took the ball when we had no chance of keeping that plant open. Uh, because of Phil's efforts supporting this, they brought the aircraft carpeting facility here or the op- you know, the the machinery here so we got six more years out of that because of phil's efforts and then certainly other people uh carolina freightways opened up their summit road facility around 2015 the same time miller transfer did now unfortunately 2015 was also you know september 14th of 2015 will be forever seared in my mind when <laughs> miller announced they were leaving um yeah and it was it was uh, I guess it was four, was Moses forty forty years in the in the in the desert. I was four in the desert. That was really tough until it was until Nestle Perina came along and really uh, all of twenty twenty a pandemic year. You wouldn't have thought this, but it was probably the best. It was certainly the best year in the county and the best year in Eden in many decades. So mm-hmm. I think we've turned the corner for, on multiple fronts, and and it was really you know it was six months of working some pretty hardcore consultants with Nestle Perina, but it, they came, we've gotten to know their management. They're all young. The plant manager's about 37. Uh, it, they've been great people to deal with. So it was, it was a long four year wait. It was interesting. They came in and then a week later, somebody else flew in. So we had waited four years and really it was not much activity at that facility. And then in, in consecutive weeks, Two corporate jets came in from different companies wanting it. So mm-hmm. how's that work? But wow. But we're we think long term the Nestle Perina them buying it was is gonna be it would really be good for Eden and for Rockingham County. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, a real plus for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations and welcome to all of our Nestle Purina people that are coming yeah. in. Yeah, they're just, they just really are, are nice folks. They've been meeting at City Hall because the plant is all being re- rehabbed. And they've been meeting monthly now for about five months. They're going to continue to meet into January. So we've gotten to know them, and they're just really nice people, generous. They're being a participant in Riverfest this year, which was very nice. They haven't made a bag of dog food out of there yet, but they certainly came and, and stepped up to the plate for that. Yeah, good. Well, they're a real community involvement company, it sounds like, from what I've heard. Yeah, they yeah. sure are. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, some others that you wanted to mention. Uh, well, then... You know, the, the Kmart building had been vacant for 25 years. Mm. And then Ron Hutchins, and Marty White was a big reason for this. Marty is from Eden. He's worked with uh, uh, countertops. And he said, hey, there's a great facility here. And they came, and Ron has just, Ron Hutchins, the owner, has just done a tremendous job, not only with that building, but then he bought the mall. And he's converting that into, uh, people can go in there to open up a business, and he'll build the suit. Yeah. So there's two or three businesses in there. Now there's going to be more, and then there's going to be a cabinetry operation there. So that entire he show he sent me pictures. I was on vacation last week. Sent me pictures of what the inside of that mall looks like. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. and he's doing things to the outside. So he really is a great guy, and very thankful to he and to Marty for their investment in Eden. So something that looked like it really was was going to shambles is now going to be great. It's going to be a great entrepreneurial. Uh, mecca for for people wanting to start businesses in Eden. Yeah, yeah. I just posted a, a video on our Facebook page. As a matter of fact, I was in last week taking some pictures and kind of put that together. And but you talk about a man with a vision. That's Ron Hutchins for sure. Just a just a great guy out of out of. He worked in municipal government in in the Northeast and in, in uh, New York. His company is called Night Owl because he started doing repossessions. He started doing most of his work at night. Uh, yeah. And now he goes in and he'll do multiple housing complexes or apartment complexes, fix them up. But a very hardworking guy and just a nice, nice human being. And, you know, a lot of work uh, up and down the East Coast comes right out of that Eden facility now, too. Uh, absolutely. So it, it's it's nice to have him there. Acro Bridges, just a company, not, not many boys, only 10 people, but it's they stage they're a bridge company they make bridge components mm-hmm. so that's on summit road that was where the raven trucking used to be and they left after miller left but now that's that's there and we've had uh you know other interests there's somebody right now has a trucking company looking for a, a property so we have we were sending things off this morning so there's still people interested in coming here which is uh which is good Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Fleetmaster, uh, bring us up to date on that. I'm hearing some things. So they they did the logistics for Miller Coors, and then after the plant closed, they left, but they're, they're not too far away. They're in Roanoke. So I was talking to Andy Castor. Actually, we had a prospect, and I was calling him to say, would you guys be interested in selling your facility? He goes, well, in fact, we're going to come back. We're going to reopen it. Okay. So they they reopened it in early August, and I imagine they're they're probably going to see what work they can do for Nestle Perina when they start. But it's just nice to see a facility that was dormant for three or four years coming back to life. So, uh, and and when you get something like Nestle Perina, it had a huge impact. So not only was it just the facility that. They started off thinking they were going to do $450 million in work. It's going to be closer to $600 million because of inflation. 
but that caused the rail line that was dormant. And once a, a line's dormant, Norfolk Southern doesn't deal with it. Mm. Well, one part of the negotiations for them to come was that they were going to fix that rail line. Well, a lot of that damage that was done by Hurricane Michael, I think it was, was on the Virginia line. It was over the Virginia line, I should say. So that helped the, the Berry Hill Mega Park because oh, yeah. uh, now they can market that, that the line is fully functioning. So they will bring in a lot of the raw, and gr- the raw materials on the rail. And then they're, they're within about an hour and a half of six grocery distribution centers. Mm-hmm being in Eden. So there's going to be a lot of the trucking companies are going to benefit. It's going to be, well, right now there's, there are about 200 people contractors working out there. It's going to be up to 500. So it's very similar to when uh, Duke energy was building their facility, the kind of impact that has for small businesses. People come here to work and they have to go eat lunch. So buy gas, those type of things. Yeah. People don't realize that the domino effect, so to speak of of all of that, when a, a Purina comes to town, Absolutely, it just there's multiple levels of, of benefits there. They've they've worked with animal shelters. They want they want to be a great corporate citizen, but just the the very fact that you know their average wage is going to be you know much higher uh, than it has been here, um, and the, for workforce education, they're going to have a catwalk in their facility so that. People that, I mean, I mean, students, I should say, that sixth, seventh graders can go over there and see what manufacturing is like. Mm. It's not like it was in the textile mills. It's very sophisticated, and they'll be able to say, so if, if somebody comes through and says, I want to do that, they can go and take the classes and, and go to the community college so they can go work for a Perina. But they really want to become uh, involved with the community and, and help groom some of the workforce for, from a young age to get them to want to work there. That's great. Now, it's the first time I've heard about that. Yeah. You've just said a key word there, workforce. So that kind of takes us into uh, an update on the quarter cent sales tax and, and, and all of that that came about not too many years ago. And where are we in that? Well, one of the things that happens, uh, even though I work for a government institution, if you want things to happen quickly, don't expect government to do it. <laughs> so that was passed in 2018. I think the the center will open in 2023 it takes a long time to get stuff uh approved through this through the state but they have they have renderings they've got the architectural work there will be a groundbreaking sometime in the fall i believe or mm-hmm. or early next maybe in january and then it'll be up and running in 2023 so that you know that was an effort don powell and uh, a lot of people it was a bipartisan effort on the campaign we had democrats and republicans work together and it was really something we believed in that we need something that would be a state-of-the-art facility when you see what's going on in guilford county and forsyth and really danville danville is as just a model for what you should do with workforce development they have programs in high schools that are just mind-boggling their center for uh, creative research or or, i'm sorry institute for for creative technology i'm I'm getting the name wrong here sorry mike but whatever it's over in danville they um they have machinery there for the precision machinery program that every two years haas engineering takes it out and they have industry in line waiting to get that 
machinery. It's that good. Wow. So Gene Haas and all these players, they've, they've put equipment there. But it's a great place. There's a lot of companies that come in, and they start off there, and then they build their facility. But Danville is extremely impressive, and, and we, have to, we have to keep up with that, at, mm-hmm. least, at least be in the, in the, the same uh, ballpark as, as what they're doing. So workforce development is extremely important these days because they estimate now there's half a million manufacturing jobs vacant by 20. 31 they estimated to be 2.1 million mm. and manufacturing has typically been a white male occupation but it's going to have to attract females and minorities so it's going to have to have a broader perspective a broader appeal and that's why um i think brain is doing what they're doing is they want to make it let people see that manufacturing is different now it's much more sophisticated it's not a grueling horrible you know occupation like a lot of it was you know not not safe that and safety is their key thing they told us about there are certain positions in their company there's zero tolerance if you make a mistake you're out the door so they are just very very set about safety that, that that's very important for them yeah come a long way that's for sure uh there's been a lot of of grant money that's come through in the in your time here in economic development in eden Let's go over some of those and refresh our memory on, on that. Well, some of it was really things that didn't relate much to me, but when the, the coal ash spill happened, Duke Energy really stepped up to the plate, and they offered a lot of grants. So did the Rockingham Community Foundation. Matrimony Creek Nature Trail was from a $100,000 grant I was able to get. Randy Hunt and I worked on the Clay Street Access Point. That was a Duke Energy grant. The John Grogan Nature Trail Freedom Park Nature Trail, the expanded parking at the Smith River Greenway, but then the bigger the bigger projects like the the Berry Hill uh, Industrial Park, we got a seven hundred thousand dollar grant from the Golden Leaf Foundation. We got our first Economic Development Association. That's a federal agency. Our first grant ever in at least Eden, may have been Rockingham County, a two million dollar grant for the water line. So. Plus, we were able to get, and a lot of this is Phil Berger, too. We were able to get grants. Terry Shelton, you know, the, the work he put in to get grants for the sewer line, but also it helped us with the water line. So basically, that water line didn't cost citizens very much at all. So it's 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 not quite $7 million, but close to it. Just different Duke, Duke Energy Foundation grants. Uh, anytime there was an opportunity to get money, you go after it, and... Uh, as I said, I've done it. Terry Shelton has been really a master at it, so it's been good to be able to do things that maybe the city couldn't have afforded otherwise. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, yeah. I commend uh, everyone involved for getting the grant money that we have. Yeah, and certainly in Kelly's department, they've gotten community development block grant money that has helped uh, in refurbishing some homes in Draper, uh, help with some of these apartment complexes, uh, Currently, we're trying to get some money for some mill renovation. So there's, I, I just hope the citizens understand that you know the, the the city staff will always try to get whatever money is out there just to ease the burden on them. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. Let, let's uh, stop there just a moment and give us an update on the Berry Hill Mega Park. Well, all I can tell you is that I, I can't say anything specific, but they are talking to at least six companies right now with significant investment and significant employment. 
that park, really, the Commonwealth of Virginia looks at that as, as the top park that they've been promoting. The way they look at Virginia is the area around the uh, northern Virginia, that's the federal government runs all that, and we're paying that. We pay those salaries. Richmond is their their capital. Then they have the Tidewater area, Hampton, those areas. So there's a lot of military tourism. But they've always looked at what they consider South Side Virginia, which is what Danville, Martinsville, as an area where there's been their Achilles heel. Mm. So their tobacco commission has put over $30 million into the Berry Hill Mega Park. Their, the VDOT, their Department of Transportation, is going to put in an extension that I went up to uh, Lynchburg and spoke on behalf of that a couple of years ago. That's fully funded, so that, that you won't have to be on Berry Hill Road very long, so the truck access is very important. Mm-hmm. But all I can tell you, as I said earlier, is that uh, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. There's just too many good things about that park uh, too many big players have looked at it. It, it may, it, it won't be by the time I leave probably, but certainly I hope by the end of the year that they have their first major project. And I'll just let people know that Toyota Mazda, they located in Alabama, the park where they located had been there 20 years before anything had happened. So sometimes these big projects, it takes a while, but every year they're getting another part of the infrastructure done so that it just makes it much more appealing. And what you hope happens is is this becomes something like, not 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 like the Research Triangle Park, but a place where you could have high-tech, good industry. People who are living in Alamance County and working at RTP could just as easily get on I-40 and come to Danville. So you're hoping that that's what that's what the end result is. Certainly has been a lot of effort. There's state economic development as well as Matt Rowe, who's the economic developer for Pennsylvania County, one of the sharpest people I've ever met. So where does Eden fit in? What have we contributed to this? So we, we will provide all the sewer and most of the water. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, our, our water system was built to provide water for all those textile industries. So we have an overcapacity, just had, you know, all, most of the large water users left, especially mm-hmm. when Miller happened. Um, yeah. But we will provide most of it, and some of these prospects are big water users, so we could get healthy very quickly. So that, and I think what it'll, what people will realize is when this happens, then it becomes like this is an innovative interstate cooperative effort. You know, it's kind of rare for two states to work together on an industrial park. And that was a bit of a sell, too, to go to these state agencies and say, we want you to supply, give us money to put a water line into Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we had to tell them, well, just because it's in Virginia, it's only about five miles from Eden, and about 30% of the people who work in Eden are from Virginia, and the opposite is you know, on the other side. So yeah. so we, we had to do some selling, but we did it, and I think I think it's just a matter of time before this happens. I know people get impatient. I get impatient. But I just believe that they're they're not just sitting on their laurels. They're going after trying to get what they can. Yeah, the wheels are spinning. The work is underway behind the scenes for sure. I can't believe it's been 10 years since the scat bus started making those trips around Rockingham County. Boy, what a what a great what a great benefit that is to so many people. Yeah, our our first public transportation system, I think, in 40 years. And Mm -hmm. I can't thank the people from the uh, ADTS 
Aging Disability and Transit Service for coming to us, and they certainly had an opportunity. They wanted to do the project, the pilot program in Eden, and that was 2011. There was there was a lot of uh, good things happened that year. That was the, uh, the Community Resource Center opened up at Goodwill, the Scat Bus, and then All America City. So. It was really great working with Megan O'Dell uh, and all those people at ADTS, and we certainly have seen where that's been quite a benefit for our community. Mm-hmm. Yep, all over the county. You mentioned uh, Goodwill Industries. Um, let's talk about the Eden Community Resource Center and how that all came about. Well, that, it really was uh, something where we had a meeting with uh, with RCC and started talking about this. And it was it was really it was uh, former mayor uh, Wayne Tuggle and Jim Burnett, former city councilman Jim Burnett. We started talking to Goodwill, and they did not have a community resource center here because they're usually it's part of their store. Their store here was not big enough for that. So we we did, talked about a partnership where we would help pay the up upfit of a, a place in Kingsway Plaza. Uh, CenturyLink would would pay their uh, utilities, their their phone utilities for the first few years. So it, they were able to make that work. And after from 2011 to 2018, over 12,000 people were served through that facility, which was great. People that needed jobs, they were able to get the training with, either with classes they could take or they could need help with their resume, even you know just basic job skills. They would get it there. And I was really happy that over 2,000 people got jobs because of that facility. So that was a joint effort by a lot of people. Uh, as I said, former Mayor Tuggle, Jim Burnett. Unfortunately, their their model changed and it was closed in 2018. But while I was here, it did an awful lot of good. So, uh, And it's interesting that that closed, but then we'll have a workforce development center opening. So mm-hmm. a little bit of time in between, but it certainly we helped help people then. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, things change and we tweak and, and make things, right. you know, work uh, however we need to. Uh, the North Carolina Main Street program, Eden is a member of that, that Main Street program. Uh, looking at, at that over the years, uh, we've accomplished a lot in Eden. Yeah, absolutely. It was in 2003, uh, we we uh, got on that program and I'll, I give Gene Harrington a lot of credit for this. Gene had worked for years trying to get the Main Street uh, program here, but we didn't have a full-time manager, so we couldn't do that. But she certainly, her heart and soul was into it. And over the years, we've seen a lot of good things. There's ebbs and flows in Main Street. I said even mm. Salisbury that's been on since the very beginning. There's some empty buildings there and buildings that need help. But I really think once Randy came on, Randy Hunt came on in 2017, it was at the, at the time when Ashley Latham took three buildings that had been dormant for 10 years and fixed them up. Then it was like a snowball. Hmm. And you can see now the Central Hotel, the coffee shop, uh, the merchants now. I've been involved with these merchants for almost 20 years, and I've never seen this kind of energy. Certainly, I I always will thank Peggy Good for all the things that she's done for years. She was the president for many, many years. But it just... It takes time to get the right the right group of people in there. Donna Hopkins, uh, Janice Wade, uh, Julie Stanton, a young entrepreneur, just a lot of people that had ideas. Michael Carpino making investments, and it all has come together. And last year there was two point eight million dollars of investment between 
July of 2020 and July of 2021. That's 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 private investment. Mm-hmm. That was certainly um, a record. It was unprecedented. And I would say, I used to say when Tammy Spencer was the the Main Street manager in, in Reedsville from around 2006 to 2009, I used to say I would put her three years up against anybody. I put Randy Hunt's three years up against anybody in Main Street. Uh, last year, we had five ribbon cuttings within the same afternoon. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the first. I think that got on the Main Street site. Yeah. So Randy's done a great job. Uh, really thank all the merchants and property owners down there that have stepped up. People like Barry Carter, who now is fixing up a second building. So uh, there's just good things happening uptown, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Yep, uptown Eden for sure. Yeah, we've seen a lot of changes. And it, it's so exciting when you look at, because I've been here about 50 years in Eden, and, uh, and you know, you look at the, you talk about the ebbs and flows, and I know where Meadow Greens was when I came here. It was riding high. Kingsway came in that later that year in, in 72 and, you know, the ups and downs and, and the downtown areas. And but how exciting is it to see, you know, the revitalization and the energy and the drive and the vision that all of these people have? They're making it happen. Yeah. And then there's something, you know, another business we should mention that's, that's not downtown, but Reynolds Brewery. Oh, yeah. You know, all these small towns that have just come alive because people have invested in Chip and Tony Reynolds and their family have spent two years putting that together. And it's, there was something in the Triad Business Journal. I was glad they quoted this. Mm-hmm. You know, it rivals anything in Greensboro or Charlotte. Yep. But it's people putting, you know, they, they put their energy, their time, their money into that. And it really, you know, we took the Prina people down there. I wanted them to meet, meet them because they have executives coming in and they want somewhere to go after work. That's something that's a class, a class act. The Hive downtown is another one. We've just never had a place where a good place where you could go and if you wanted to have a beverage at night, you could do that. But I, I really, um, my hat goes off to all those people who invested for those kind of things. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, I don't see it on the list here, but I want to mention uh, Dave Wall taking that old building right. there um, downtown, uptown there at Patrick in Washington, and that's been a couple of years in in development, but right. uh, it's coming along. One of the nicest guys you ever want to oh, meet, yeah. and I'm yeah. sure when he's done, it's going to be a beautiful facility. So, and, and and other people have come. There's a couple out of Raleigh looking for a place to put a restaurant. Another thing that people should be encouraged by is two buildings have been purchased in the Draper area mm-hmm. by people that want to put something good down there. The people are looking at the boulevard. Now, will the boulevard ever be what it was in the 60s? I don't know, but it could be a niche area. It could be where artists go. I think downtown Draper, between people going in there investing and then when the mega park hits, that's the closest commercial area. So that can completely transform that. And you're seeing people are, are I was in City Hall one day and a man was signing up for water. He just moved to Draper from Long Island, New York. Mm. How strange is that? And um, But they, you know, a lot of people are coming here. COVID was some of it. They They wanted a more rural area. A lot of it is the cost of living advantage here. But I think you'll see a lot of homes being transformed, a lot of things being flipped, uh, and that's the other that's the other story is all the people wanting to move here now, which is considerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're seeing that countywide too. Oh well, absolutely. The whole state of North Carolina has just been inundated with people wanting to wanting to live here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So welcome to them. Uh, let's talk about the commercial recruitment area that you've worked in for many years, Mike. 
and just kind of tick off some of those that we're enjoying today that maybe took years to uh, to get here. Well, I, I remember specifically there's two. Uh, Hibbit Sports was five years going trying <laughs> to get years. to convince them. Wow. And then Burke's Outlet, which just opened this summer, uh, that was 13 years. And we started in 2007. And a lot of times it's it's the company changes its scope. They thought, well, maybe we should we could go to larger towns. Well, they're they're best described as a small town Marshalls, but they didn't do particularly well in large when they were going up against Marshalls or TJ Maxx. But they they will they will do very well in the and I always thought they would. But there's other ones like Sheets. When they came, we had to wait for the the person who was there to, for the lease to run out. So that took three years, and and it's just amazing. People don't know what kind of due diligence people do. The fellow who's the real estate person for Sheets spent a night at that corner just watching the traffic count. Wow, really? Wanted to know about the apartments down the road. Are are there good tenants there? I mean, they did their due diligence, and Jamie and I spent time on this. Tractor Supply was another one. You know, Ruby Tuesday was the first restaurant um, that we recruited here, uh, Save-A-Lot. Mrs. Winter's Chicken and Biscuits, that was an, that was, used to be, I think it was, Burger Chef, or what was it? Was another fast food place. Mm-hmm. They had the lease on the property, and I said, "Look, either do something with it or sell it." So they opened up, and they did okay for a couple of years. And then Bojangles came to town, and we were looking for. And they all want to be right next to McDonald's, and there's only so much real estate. <laughs> yeah. So I finally said, "Well, call the people from Mrs. Winters. Maybe they'll sell to you." Or and they did. So they they went there, and that's long term. Bojangles is better than than uh, Mrs. Winters, mm-hmm. and there's a an Asian restaurant that I think everyone will like. I can't say what it is yet, but they are working to locate in the Food Lion Shopping Center on Highway 14. But I remember three years ago, I started going up there talking to them, saying I knew how well that restaurant would do. And finally, the guy walked in my office and said, we're ready to do something. So mm-hmm. um, cook, Cookout's another one. It was after shagging on Fieldcrest. I was driving down 14, and the line was out on the 14. I mean, those places are just amazing the kind of people they attract so kingsway cinema was another one uh we had lost the cinema but we worked we brokered a deal with the shopping center owner and were able to bring movies back so um i'm pretty pleased with it it's almost 17 uh different uh businesses have come and there'll be more coming because because perina the word got out about that so people are starting to look at us instead of us trying to cajole them into coming here. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dollar General, you know, there are Dollar Generals everywhere. They're just it's growing f- phenomenally, isn't it? Like rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the one, but you look at the one in Draper and the one in on the Cook Block, and there's people that can't, that don't have transportation. They can walk to those stores. And yeah. those, those stores are the two biggest areas where the, the largest stops for the scat bus. So people would go there to get some things. And, and Dollar General's pretty smart. I mean, they they started uh, carrying frozen and, and produce and dairy. That's why they're no longer in shopping centers because supermarkets don't want them anymore okay. because they're too competitive. Mm-hmm. But for small towns, they can really provide a lifeblood. The one that just opened up at Harrington Highway and 135, I mean, for the people on the western side of the city, there's just it was just could not get a grocery store there. The volume just wasn't there, even though there's like six housing complexes. But at least if someone gets stuck, they need some some milk, they need some butter, they can go there and get it to fill you know their needs until they go to a grocery store. So mm-hmm. 
But yeah, there's a lot of them everywhere. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we look at the list and some of the ones you've just mentioned, and uh, we'll we'll be enjoying them for years to come. I sure hope so. But but you know, it's all about timing, isn't it? it yeah. You know, you're talking about Burke's Outlet. I'm still amazed when I hear you say that. Thirteen years yeah. to, from your first time talking to them until they opened this summer. Yeah, it was it was a long time, and. Marty Cotis, who owns that shopping center, God bless them. I mean, he, they drove a hard bargain because they know that there's not enough retailers for the space that's out there. So, and he and he bit the bullet and did it, and has put a lot of money into that shopping center. Mm-hmm. And I just think Burks will do well. I always go by and see how many cars are out in that parking lot, and it seems like they're they're doing well. But they have really good prices and and nice uh, nice products. So I yeah. think people will will enjoy it. And we needed. After we lost Belk, that was a real tough one. But if people, if a woman needs to get a gift or a man needs to get a gift for a party or something like that, you can get that there as well. So we needed that to fill that void. Sure. And I don't see it on the, you didn't mention it here, but uh, Planet Fitness. Yeah. Now, I, I don't take credit for what I don't do. Yeah. So I did not, I had talked to them, but I, I wasn't uh, the, the one responsible for making that deal. But yeah, that was great. I just hated that they got shut down three yeah. months after they opened, but no, that's a great thing, and that and that that's a sign that you've got a pretty vibrant community, you know. And they're they're a good chain, and they they do you know we we need fitness more probably you know than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it certainly helps with wellness. You, you mentioned Marty Cotis. Uh, what's what's happening there at the at the left end there, uh, the old Summers Bar? I, I think what he's he wants to do is what he calls a pop up restaurant, something there in the fall. I mean, right now the hospitality industry is really struggling because of the employment issues, but I think come the fall, he's going to look into that. And Marty, the city tried to work with him uh, and, and try to be, we try to be an asset. We've always done that. Bob Vincent, who's the inspector, you don't, you don't skirt the rules, but you certainly don't be difficult. And some cities do that. We don't do that. And he says he wants to do some more investment in Eden because of that. So he may very well look at another shopping center or another some housing, something like that. So there's there's other opportunities. Marty's a big player in in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a great vision. He's a very smart guy, and there could be some things from him in the future. Good. Okay. I know he owns. He's owned for some time the, uh, the old National Guard Armory. That's right, been and his. he's he's fixing that up for another tenant. So oh, that, okay. that will have a new tenant soon. Good. Okay. Um, let's talk. Let's talk a negative here. Just a moment. We're talking about shopping centers. The old shopping center here in our studios out on this end of town right. near Eden Drive-In. Uh, what's going to happen to that? And is it still that, that landlord that doesn't really care? Well, no. Only our luck was we had the guy who was a legend. Uh, and he sold it to somebody in New York who really doesn't care even more. Oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. Uh, the, the problem is the, the amount of money that he wants for it is just not reasonable. As I said, I had tried for many, many years to get a independent grocer out there. One of the issues is there's just not many independents left. Mm. And when that was operating by Winn-Dixie, its volume was about $100,000 a week. So just to give you an example, there are some of your listeners will remember the Winn-Dixie marketplace where Save-A-Lot is now and Shul's Furniture. Mm -hmm. That did three times the volume. So it's just, when they did the pro form on it, it just didn't cost out. And then it didn't help the fact that the the realty company that owned it was not very good. They they weren't fixing it up. I just think what will probably happen to that center, you know, somebody may come in and buy it and fix it up. That that could very well happen. That would be the greatest thing that can happen. 
or it'll deteriorate and we'll have to take an action on it. But uh, typically what people look for when they're coming, they're looking for traffic counts. And the, and the highest traffic count in the, in the county used to be where the hospital is, Kings Highway and 14. Mm-hmm. You'd have 27,000, 30,000 cars a day going in and out of there. And they all want to be where the where the action is, and that's that's the situation. They want to they want to be where the traffic is. So just say you go down in a Washington Street, the traffic count drops to about eleven thousand. By the time it gets out to where the drive-in is, it drops even more. So it's just they're always looking on maximizing their investment. Now that doesn't mean if there's not some more housing goes out there and someone has a vision that could very well happen, but. It was really, really difficult to get a, a grocer out there. Unfortunately, without, and, and even they had Dollar General and they had mold there. They, they were, this guy wasn't even willing to fix that up. So he lost them. They built the freestanding one. One of the problems that I've learned about is people with property. I mean, especially commercial property. It is mind boggling what they do with it. Um, it's just a- absolutely uh, frustrating the, the you know the property right across from the hospital now where the old dentist office uh, no, was. I was just getting ready to ask you about that. That's now for sale, and somebody has put a bid on that. It would be a great location there. But it's a family out of Forsyth County that own all kinds of property, and they're not the least bit interested in fixing up anything because they don't want their they don't want their taxes to go up. So they'll let something deteriorate for decades. But look at that prime real estate. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be a big price on that. And oh, didn't yeah. a national um, uh, drugstore chain look at that at one point? Yeah. And they said, no, uh, we, don't, we don't care. Yeah. Um, Walgreens, I think, looked at it one yeah. time. Yeah, Walgreens. Okay. Well, there's a great story that there was a banker in this town that, that um, approached them about selling that property. And they said, sir, you don't have enough money in that bank <laughs> oh my to buy this property. <laughs> Gee whiz. So uh, it's, it's just, it's just very strange what people do. It really is. Yeah. Wow. But I think that's going to be something that's, that's too good of a, like you say, too good of real estate for something not to happen there. Yeah. They better make that happen. That's for sure. Um, well, we've covered a lot of things. Uh, let's look ahead a little bit here. Uh, to some of the uh, events coming up around Eden, we needed to mention. Yeah, and I wanted to, I, I mentioned Randy, I need to mention Cindy. Cindy and I worked together since she was president of the chamber and I had just started. And it was really interesting that uh, a lot of communities, the chamber and the city don't get along, but we, we made sure we wanted to get along together, so we helped together, helped each other. And then she came on and took some of the festivals that I had started and really took them to the next level and has added things like grown and gathered last last Thursday night was her second one of the year. Uh, and even apparently after the rainstorm, the, the temperature went, went up or went down and it was a lot better. Yeah. Uh, she's doing heritage and heroes this fall, a brand new f- uh, event that's going to have the Vietnam wall will be there and it's there to honor our, um, our veterans. And then of course, river fest will start, will be back up again this year and it's going to be a great Great time. It's going to be reconfigured differently. Um, but then she's River uh, Winterfest will happen again. Cindy's always looking for ways to add things, to, to tweak what she's done so it doesn't get stale. And now her, her job is also marketing. So she's been doing a lot of the press releases and the things like that. So I'm going to miss uh, Cindy and, and Randy. They were part of my department for a while. They're like my kids. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to miss both of them because we really have done a lot of good things together, and they're two, 
two of the finest people I know. So Yeah. Well, they would say the same about you. What a great team yeah. you all have been. How many more days? Are you counting the hours, days? Where are we? Um, I'll be done on the 27th. So. The 27th, your last day with the City of Eden. Yeah. Okay. So. And your uh, plans? Can we... Uh, Probe a little bit into the future. You kind of um, taking things easier. I I don't really know yet. I just get the feeling that something will take a couple of months off. Um, I'm working on setting up. Like we're in your office here. I'm not. Mine isn't quite as elaborate as this, but setting up some things. I've been approached by at least one person to do some real estate work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just just feel like we moved to Greensboro in 2019 to be near our daughter. So I've been commuting, but uh, so I'll, I'll be in Guilford County, but. I certainly will, will still come up here occasionally. I have I have vested interest in places like Reynolds Brewery yeah, and um, yeah. the coffee shop. And uh, oh, I had spent 30 years of my life in Eden. You know, this has been this was home for us. And I I certainly hope and pr- do a lot of praying for this community that it will continue to do well and its best days are ahead. Yeah. Well, you've put in uh, many years and uh, long hours and long days and. Uh, thank you for that. We appreciate you and your stick-to-itiveness and your patience and your, uh, uh, your negotiation skills and all of those that come into play and in what you've been doing in economic development for so many years. So thank you for that. And I, I need this my last chance to thank you, Mike, for all the years when it was on radio and then your new venture here. You always support local business. You always give the mayor, Cindy, Randy, opportunities to talk about what's going on. Not every community has that, so that means a lot to us, too. Well, glad to be a part of the community any way we can. And I'm wishing you and, and your family all the best. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think good, good times are ahead. So. Well, uh, thanks again for everything. Good to have you here in the studio and chatting, catching up on some things. Sounds good. I wish you the best, Mike. Thank you. You're the same. Mike Doherty, who has uh, been with us here for uh, many years in the city of Eden, uh, in charge of economic development, uh, working with the city of Eden and uh, the team players we were just talking about, uh, retiring uh, soon. And we're wishing him uh, much success. And thanks to Mike for uh, the successes that uh, we've seen um, over the years with uh, his hard work. Well, I would be remiss. A couple of things I always like to say with these podcasts. Uh, Remember to shop local, support our Eden businesses, and I also like to mention the uh, the city website for more information. If you're a newcomer, you can uh, find out uh, some good things there, good resource at EdenNC.us. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Popeyes launched its chicken sandwich. Two words, chicken wars. It's the chicken Chicken wars. wars. At Popeyes, we're announcing that the chicken war is over. We come in peace. Because this time, we come in peace. Eight piece. Introducing our new nuggets. Juicy, crispy, and absolutely delicious. Try an eight piece today for $3.99 and start earning points with Popeyes Rewards. U.S. only. Price and participation may vary. Popeyes Rewards available on digital orders only and subject to terms and conditions. 
When the craving hits, Wingstop delivers. Mix things up with our boneless wings in any of our 11 mouth-watering flavors, like zesty lemon pepper or sweet and spicy Korean Q. Get it delivered at Wingstop.com. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network. Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. All right. We're back. Owls Oils show. And we're going over a little bit of a recap of the Owls Road Show with Gavin cruising around, taking care of business for the company, but also seeing what's going on in this world in the CBD and hemp world after he got back from winning a first place cup at the Secret Hayes Cup in Las Vegas, first place winner. My man with the plan, Gavin, what's up, my brother? Yo, what's good, Andrew? How are things? Good, man. I'm good, man. You've been you've been busy. You've been cruising all over the place, right? Yeah, it's been busy as hell. Hey, um, remember also just hit record on on your end so you can get it yep. get it going too as well. Mm-hmm. So uh right. so you um You've been cruising around. Recording in progress. Nice. Um, went to went to uh, Vegas for the cup. Cruised back. Took a little bit of break. You went up to San Francisco, right? Or went up to uh, uh, yep. or California. And then went back to go to the champ show. Now, yep. let's talk about how interesting the champ show was. First of all. That was one of the larger shows you've seen so far that isn't business, sort of business to business, right? Because Champs is kind of open to everybody. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I'm, on on our YouTubes that we did, I kept calling that a festival. Yeah, <laughs> just, like like okay, the Champs Festival. Uh, and especially the fact that it goes for like four days. It's, uh, yeah, it was really incredible. All of the, I mean, you get halfway through this thing and, and you're suddenly like, Oh my God, there's a whole other side. You know, I was going up and back, you know, you choose how you're going to do it. How are you going to see everybody? And, um, yeah, I, I was like, wait, there's a whole other side to this thing. So you had everything from, I mean, Kratom to Delta A, well, not really Delta A, they didn't allow it there, but hemp products, Delta aid ancillary products, you name it. Like you saw bongs, pipes. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Probably the booths were out of this world. Yeah, and probably more more glass than you've ever seen in your life, right? In one place, let's say. Yeah. Bongs. Yeah, it was incredible. And pipes and papers. Did it give you any ideas of like new products and things or no? Not really. I mean, uh, Kratom. I mean, Kratom was uh, definitely something now that I'm thinking about. I tried my first shot of Kratom and uh, there was definitely a strong effect that was super relieving. It's sort of like the warm and fuzzies, uh, they call it. Sure. But uh, sure. I definitely, would, and the amount of Kratom people there was big. It was a lot. There's a lot of Kratom. So yeah. it made me think a lot about. Um, it's interesting. Just, yeah. Getting into that space and, and then, and then mixing that in with, uh, with cannabinoids to give a super pain relieving uh, 
tincture or something like that. Yeah, that would be interesting, right? To do it as a tincture, huh? I never even thought about that. Yeah. That is, that is pretty cool. And, you know, as you were going down to Champs, there was all this buzz because Nevada had banned Delta 8 in the state. And there was all this uttering about agents and people that came down to the champ's floor. The FBI, the DEA, they're all coming for the Delta Ace. Um, what what was your surmise or what, what was your take on what occurred and what people were chattering when you were around? Yeah, so it was, uh, so obviously, you know, it came out, uh, first of all, it's, Champs is being raided by the DEA, and uh, and well, actually, what it was is just the event organizers who said ahead of time you can't sell Delta Eight because Delta Eight is illegal in Nevada. Yeah, and so a couple of companies were basically like, "Well, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway." And so they gave out some samples. Yeah, so they gave out some samples to uh, to uh, one of the company organizers. And so well, not even kicked, the company organizers. Kicked. It was um, they gave it to the um, head, like someone from a government position in Nevada, like the main motherfucker. Like they gave it to the chief, fucking <laughs> gave him a yeah. sample, and he was like, "Oh shit!" And then he called what yeah. people thought were DEA, but there was DEA, but it was on a state with state police or something like that. Yeah. So from what I gathered, there didn't seem to be much there apart from like, they were told to, uh, you know, put some stickers, put some stickers over the, if you're advertising Delta A, put some stickers over it. There are a couple of companies that were doing that, ended up giving, getting the boot. And, um, but then I I heard, I heard there, no, there was like guys were selling Delta eight, even in some hotels altogether. And then that got actually raided and people got arrested. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh yeah. There were a lot of crazy stuff. Now I heard about a whole bunch of things that went on and then people definitely got arrested and some crazy shit went down. Um, we just don't fuck with Nevada, right? Yeah. I think it's like it's no. pretty clear. No. Like if you're choosing your state, it's like you got the wrong state. That uh, is like, the wrong okay, state. Okay, we'll sort of advertise. Let's advertise Delta Eight and the, you know, of course, of course, Nevada would probably have someone going around seeing. Oh no! Can we get? Can we get someone to get Infamous. back to our hotel room and then let's sting them? Infamous. 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 Yeah. No, thank you. No. <laughs> and uh and what else what else has been going down well the one thing i liked about champs was um was there was a lot of other cannabinoids that were totally fine right so uh so while you couldn't sell delta eight there was a uh, actually first time seeing hhc which is hexahydrocannabinol and that is a cannabinoid that also has a psychoactive effect However, it uh, it has a psychoactive effect, but it's uh, it's legal. Do you know and what, it's not called you know, THC. Do you know which uh, which cannabinoid it kind of pulls off of at all, or no, or is it really its own? Uh, so it's all conversions. I mean, basically, it is. Uh, you basically you basically have to um, remove one of the hydrogen uh, right, remove one of the hydrogen atoms from the THC molecule to turn it into 
uh, HHC. So uh, think of like um, like Delta 9, THC, and uh, hexahydrocannabinol is all due to the amount of protons that are... Oh, uh, so, instead of, tet- so instead of tetra... Hexes. It's is, a hex is six. six yeah. Six. yeah, 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 yeah. That's really the main two differences, but the fact that it's not called THC... Wow. Is, uh, wow. is a big one because they're all talking about, you know, THC. So... Um, yeah, that's basically, uh, so that was huge to see that and to try that. So we were super. And what did you super, think? Did you try it? Yeah, I think it's important to get a tolerance break to really, well, you know. But if it's different, like, you know, I know you got. You I, got mean, you know, I mean, I would say the effects are similar to that of Delta 8, right? Very similar. Similar. No, so and Delta 8 moves. So again, if you're in a state, if you're in a state that, uh, if you're in a state that bans. Delta eight. Well, guess what? HHC is legal. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah, so that was super cool. Um, what else was there? Yeah, just a lot of innovation. You know, always good to see innovation. Good to see what other people are doing. What were and, some? Um, what were some innovative things that you were impressed by? Uh, there's the dab tray guys. They do stuff out of uh, like 3D printing. There's oh yeah, another company. There's another company that has these. They're the uh, ones that made. They're the ones that made our trays for the thing. Yeah, for the Hayes Media Secret Cup. So those guys were. It was cool to just see all of that. Did they have a 3D printer there, printing shit so people could see? I don't remember if they did or not. Honestly, I don't know. I saw so many boots. Maybe they could have. Sure. Um, Yeah, just seeing a lot of. all the different types. Of, oh, I got some cool canagars for making canagars. Oh. That's I was always trying to figure out the, how the, the mold. Hell. You got the mold. Yeah, the mold. So, oh. it, so we'll be releasing some big fat chonkers now very oh. soon. Oh, have you tried one to just like kind of make one yet or no? No, we only got everything in today, so oh, okay. we'll probably start. We'll probably start on that in. The next, it is. Uh, it is an art, and you have to like let it sit for a certain period of time for yeah, it to you really have to let settle. It sit. But these things will last for hours. Oh, yeah. Hours. Yeah. So looking forward to add that to the to the new... Uh, Array to, of, to of, the, of, uh, of to the Owl's Oils fucking arsenal. Yeah, you know it. You know it. So I'm excited for that. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of new products coming out. Um We've got our creams about to drop, our elixirs, our tinctures, and um, our extracts are just about to, are like we're on the cusp of the extracts. We've got all the so, boxes so break So break it down. Break down ex- the extract. Uh, I mean, we've got bit. our golden owl concentrates, our platinum owl concentrates. So the platinum line is always... Um, Platinum line is always cannabis derived terpenes. Sure. And so it's just your your best and most exotic flavors. Like then, like uh, what? What were you thinking? What kind of what kind uh, of exotic flavors are we talking well, about? Well, from you know, we've got like right now, the current stock we have is is the sour diesel, the lemon crack which we won uh for the Hayes Media. Sour diesel is great. That's yeah, an old school strain. The, the, yeah, purple Hindu Kush, amnesia cookies, blue dream. Um, blue dream's pretty solid, old school. Yeah, I mean it's just a solid old school. No one like everyone loves blue dream, and um, and then after that, I mean it's just a matter of uh, choosing the different uh, 
choosing the different turps. I mean, we've got some black cherry soda, cross of blueberry, um, a few, a few, a few lemon Larry. And so we're just, uh, just putting it all together now. And it's sure. just exciting, exciting times. That's dope, dude. That's great. Yeah. It's so good to yeah. have such, you know, the variety and then people like, so, you know, like your mean staple, but do you find that every few months or holidays or certain times of the year you'll switch it up and make any limited editions or anything like that we thought about it i mean the 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 platinum isles are limited once they're gone they're gone because the cannabis derived terpenes i mean you know they're hard enough to come by and once you um oh once once you get them and they're done it's they're done you're never going to get that same one it's like if you grow you got a wine from 2014 you, you can get the wine the next year but it's different yeah so it's important to um it's really important to highlight that. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And yeah. uh, you know, so people should technically take advantage of the flavors you have because they won't last forever. Exactly. Exactly. Once it's gone, it'll be gone. Wow. And uh do you already pre start thinking about ones for the future? Oh, we have to. I mean, if we're ordering carts, all our carts have the etching of the flavor on them. So, Oh, wow. Have... They have the etching of the flavor on it. Yeah, so you never have that issue of uh Which one and what it your... is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wow. What a great idea that is. And What a lot of work that is. And, and at the, yeah, of course. And, you know, I mean... Are you talking about tens of thousands of, of no, you, you know? keep it well for the botanical side, yes. On the botanical side, on the platinum side, you know, we keep it less because uh it's limited. But sure. uh, on the botanical side, yeah, it's it is it's thousands. Wow. So you really have to jump on it if it's something you like. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah, that's dope. And did you find a lot of people, let's take away like the Delta A because you can really compare it champs, but the CBD companies and hemp companies that were there, did you find a lot of them just being all very similar? Did you find the pricing was very competitive? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Uh, you know, do you feel like you're positioned pretty good after like listening to some people? What do you, what's your opinions? Um, honestly, I mean, I, I stopped in at a few different businesses. A lot of them were just sort of displaying their products. There was some that had pricing, um, definitely a lot of white labeling. Um, there's actually a good company from Puerto Rico. What was their name? They gave me some bomb stuff, actually. Um, I was going to plug them, but I can't, uh. I can't remember, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a company from Puerto Rico. I mean, they had three or four different brands, uh, all grown in Puerto Rico. Uh, super impressive. Wow. And uh, they had some cool products that I don't know how much I would you We would utilize them, like uh, some infused soups, right? Some dry soup. Wow. Just, add the, just add water. Infused and, soup. Um, now, let me ask yeah, you not something. My cup could you, not my cup could of you, soup, because of the way you have it infused into the edibles, being uh, liquid soluble uh, delta eight, would you consider getting into that type of food stuff type mixture or instant I mean, inst- instant make? 
Yeah, the instant. I mean, we're we're working on some a couple of instant, couple of instant things right now. But um, but you don't want to heat it like um, a cocoa or you know like a hot tea and stuff. That actually would would degrade the delta no, E, right? Or no? No, 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 not at all. Um, it's totally really. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Especially at like delta eight is a very strong molecule. It's not. Does not. It's not, it's like very difficult for it to turn into anything else. Like if you're talking about THCA, sure, uh, something with the acidic cannabinoids uh, like CBDA or CBGA, yeah, you could. But once it gets to that activated form, um, it's pretty strong in that. So, but, just, but it's not like, you know, like cannabis, if you go above 220, you start degrading the potency of the THC. Does it degrade the yeah, potency but, of but the, the delta? Water, the water wouldn't be going, like your waters and oh, stuff wouldn't be going that hot. Sure. So, oh, I got um, you. Interesting. Yeah. What is the hottest that boiling water gets to? We should I have ask. No idea. We should ask I have Google. No idea. Google. Google. <laughs> I mean, I mean it. Uh, I mean it. Uh, let's see. Uh, boiling water is at 100 degrees Celsius, right? So anything after that starts to evaporate. Sure. Wow. What else you been seeing in the space yourself? You know, I haven't been venturing out. As much, I went to G four. I kind of am living through your eyes because you are you are the traveler, traveling like a, a bunch and and have more traveling well, we plans. Yeah, we do. We got a lot of uh, a lot of. It's great to see the expos finally opening back up. Right? Like good good opportunity for us to start getting our getting our business crushing. Right, like absolutely doing. I, I mean, we've been doing well. But we haven't been doing much advertising or, or sure. going to expos or anything. So sure. now it's like time to really pick up the pace. Sure. So if you look at it like that, I mean, we've got uh, what? So we got the IMP, the cannabis IMP, uh, in Philadelphia, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Trying our best to get into champs. Yeah, uh, we will in, see. Uh, New Jersey, we'll see about that. That will be right after. That's in New Jersey. That's going to be the one in California. Yeah, and then after that one, there's the Southern Hemp Expo in North Carolina, and there's also uh, the Nikon Expo up in uh, Boston. Yeah, Boston's a great place. Yeah, I love Boston. It's a great, dope, fucking place. Um, yeah, it's good. Then I told you, there's champs possibly you could do Coachella. Yeah, which is a great show. And then, you know, I don't know if you know, but the G4 convention is also a great. What's up? Uh, G4 is in Vegas, uh, end of October. Uh, e, I think, or end of... What does the G, what does the G stand for, G4? What's, what is it? It's just kind of like the, uh, he wants to be like the Southwest of cannabis. Mm. You know, the South by Southwest, the big festival that oh, they yeah, have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was all out on entertainment and the parties, you know, and all that stuff. Let me see when it is. It's G four live. Let's see. I'm a speaker at it. I should know the dates. Yeah, September 29th to October second. The essential super event. It the was essential fun. super event. He throws the best party. He he booked the whole fucking Mandalay Bay Beach. Bought it out. If you were a hotel guest, you couldn't go there that night. He had Travis Barker, 
all these motherfuckers playing. Dude, must have spent a million, literally, on that party. Food, this, that, gave cabanas. Like, we got a cabana. They gave us a huge cabana on the beach. They gave one out to um, High Rise Agency. They gave one out to Cannabis. They gave it, like, hooked up the media companies, like, super dope-tastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it was cool, man. I mean, there's a lot going on. And then are you, is that, so when when is the next? I've never here? been to Mandalay Bay, so they've got, like, a beach in the hotel, is it? Outside. Outside. We're, yeah, like, a, we're, like, a, we're like a wave wave like a wave like a wave the wave thing you know what i mean where you can actually yeah. like yeah it's fucking <laughs> i think it's pretty wild in vegas if they if, you, if if anything's possible it's possible in vegas i mean you know it they're probably i'm surprised they don't have some vegas, sort of skiing baby <laughs> i'm surprised they don't have some sort of skiing it's almost uh, like you know i thought there was a time when and maybe they did have it at circus circus or something like that but that's just been a famous thing in Japan, right? In the Asian countries where they have the fucking skiing Dubai. in the mall. And du- oh, Dubai. Yeah, Dubai. In Dubai. Yeah, Dubai has it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think uh, Dubai is is almost very, it's very similar for me, for Vegas, right? It's like, out of nowhere, poof. Oh, just yeah. Sort of grew this city. And, yes, you can have the biggest everything. It seems like Vegas is the biggest everything and then, you know, Dubai sort of does the same it's, thing. It's, it, it is, and it is a little different, though, too. Oh, there, sure. Yeah, it's a whole different feel. But very classy. Very, like, ornate. Not ornate, but, like, very wealthy. Very, like, you know, hard Absolutely. to explain. Hard to explain. One of the cleanest cities I've ever seen in my life, though, when you walk outside. Yeah, they just always have people just... I know they just get it all cleaned up. Well, the the, yeah, day. they're very strict about about that. If you like litter or this, it's oh, like, you get you get like, Oh yeah, like yeah. hand chopping type shit. Yeah, they don't fuck around. It's like uh, like I heard in Singapore, right? Like if you drop gum on the street or this or something like that, like there's wild serious crazy, penalties, serious serious fucking penalties. Well, maybe it would uh, maybe it would help clean up. Sometimes you see so much trash around, right? It's yeah. like terrible. Yeah, it's crazy. How are the uh, what's what's the ear out on our all of our lovely farmers out there in Oregon putting in their crops, getting them growing for fucking harvest time? You've been keeping a little tap on the local flowers, or what? Yeah, so they're doing. Um, so right now, I mean, they're going to be doing. Um, a lot of there's, a, there's actually much more inspections going on this year so they're going to different properties going to uh yeah basically just just checking in on everything and um and so for marijuana growers or and it should growers, be into but is it going into budding phase yet or no not yet yeah yeah yeah, I mean, now we're in what, like, uh, let's see, you plan in June, 1st, June, July. Yeah, it's just starting to get going Just now. starting. So they come in, take some some uh, some tests, and if you pop dirty, then you got to destroy your crop. Yeah. Presumpt- presumptive marijuana. Yeah. So they're really cracking down in Oregon just because. And then when you chop it so down, many are you grows. supposed to just burn it, or what are you supposed to do? Yeah, it's supposed to send just a video. It. 
Yeah, show, show, show. show that it's, yeah, show that you burned it exactly. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if you get super high from the smoke around it. It'd probably just be not healthy because the fire smoke is probably way stronger when you're burning it like that, right? I feel like when I was younger, you see all these videos of like, you know, <laughs> crops being burned and there's like, oh, I wish I was downhill from that, you know, and you see a bunch of people. But I think in reality, it's like, yeah, not there's a hell of a lot of carcinogens in there. And uh, yeah, 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 not not good for you for sure. No bueno. Yeah, all that stock and uh, no. I know, right? Not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, definitely, no, thank you. definitely not. Um, have were are there a lot of similar strains out this year, or are you hearing some new shit from the farmers? What's going on? New cannabinoids, yeah, new cannabinoids coming out. CBDV is definitely is probably going to be the top one coming out this year, uh, and that's the Varens. Um, so that and I'll be able to convert Delta eight uh, CBDV will convert into uh, Delta eight THCV. So just a, lo- a lot of more, much more cannabinoids coming out for uh, sure. Yeah, much more cannabinoids coming out for the for the future right now. It's making shit really complex. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating to so the average person. Yeah. Like what? I thought this was this, this, and then I thought I knew yeah. these, and then now all these Long others. Long ago, did we think that the hemp plants are, are coming the out? CBD. Now it's like anything but THC is now hemp. So yeah. it's really fascinating to yeah. see all these different groups coming out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, who would have thought it? Right? Like, yeah. crazy. Just constantly could go on and on and on. You know, with so much stuff to do. So the next stop is Philly? Yeah, next stop is Philly. Um, Going to be hitting Philly, Chattanooga, baby. Tennessee as well. Most likely, again, I don't know. My gut's just telling me we're going to be opening up a store there. Um, In Chattanooga? But, yeah, but I don't know yet. We'll wait and see. I'm going to go fly out there. Have, have, you, have you had, have you, you don't have, you're mainly wholesale, so you haven't opened an actual retail store yet though, right? Correct, yeah. So that I want that. I want a retail store. I'm not in the hometown? No, Oregon's an export state. So, okay, I feel you. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I could, we could do it, but yeah, right now, I'm just not interested. I've got fish to fry. Do you think uh, that that area is very good? Uh, yeah, to- even for to- distribution. Tourist-wise? Chattanooga? I've never I, Yeah, I, I, Chattanooga's I've up heard and coming. It. It's also on the border. It's on the border of uh, Alabama as well as Georgia, so it's uh, sure. good for distribution for all the other stores. You get much faster deliveries and everything like that. Interesting. And those yeah. states currently are Delta A friendly? Oh, yeah. Delta 9 friendly too. They're still sure. on the 2014 Farm Bill, not the 2018 Farm Bill. So total THC is Delta 9, not including THCA, which is pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. Break break that down because that's a little complicated sounding. Uh so if you were to if you were to test if you were to if you were to test uh the cannabis plant or high THC, it doesn't test total THC. It's THCA, which is a different molecule to T to delta nine THC. So in so basically if you're testing the limits of just delta nine 
well, then you end up in a position where effectively, if you have THCA, you can still sell it. So if we had a live resin that had THCA in it, sure, it would be fine. Wow. And we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, removing all of that. Sure. So that's just something right now that we're, uh, that we're currently working on. And uh, have you tried uh, putting oil on a nug and then THCA? No, not going to do that. Yeah, it's hard to get THCA in the hemp market that would be that purified. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it'd take a lot of chromatography. But in theory, in theory, as long as it comes from the hemp plant and it's at OQ is... 0.3% on a dry rate basis. We're fine. Yeah. Do they make hemp THCA? I mean, not really. It's uh, You have a, a small amount, like 2 or 3% would be in the hemp plant. Sure. Yeah. Very interesting, right? Very interesting market. Yeah, it's been evolving and changing over time. I mean, it's uh, it's fascinating, honestly, to be a part of it. It's, now, it's really a joy. Are you, do you have a booth at, in Philly for that show? Yeah, we do. Uh, it's predominantly, you know, I'm just going to see the lay of the land. It's predominantly B2B, sure. a lot of other people in the industries. Um, nice. <clears throat> but uh, really just, you know, trying to get the feet wet with the first few expos. Yeah. First pancake, first pancake's always uh, yeah. ruined, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. just to get the... Get, figure I, out what we need. I spent years, years doing expos. Years, 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 years. It's an art form. Yeah, how to travel, Each right? Place, how to travel with all of the... The union, <laughs> taking the stuff, doing the weights, figuring what to ship, figuring what to store, figuring what to this. So what did you do when you it's, were going to a few different expos? Like what type fucking, of setup did you have? Fucking, you know, uh, you know, it was different depending on what company we are. When we're the radio station, it's not like you. It has tons of products. Sure. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not that hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard. You know, giant banners and 20 foot displays and pop up things and all that shit. That's, you know, that easily can be mailed or shipped or taken on a plane. Sure. You know, costs a couple hundred bucks. And then maybe you rent a few things from the expo, you know, just a couple things oh, to, yeah, li- to, liven it, to liven it up a couch or this, okay. a couple of things. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, I should check in with expos. I didn't even think about that. Do they offer anything like that? That's a cool idea. Oh, they all do. They offer union, sir. Like you call now, they're outrageously priced, but the convenience in having those things, a couple of things, it makes a fucking big difference. But yeah, you can have some tables, a chair, get a couch. Just something this. new. That's great. I just a TV, the carpet. They call it car- union. Yeah, every show has union furniture services, booth services, union. exhibition okay, service, great. every, everyone, everyone. Okay, I never knew that. Absolutely. I'm always wondering how the hell do you ship a sofa? No, a lot of times you just pay a company that, that works with the convention center and they bring it all in and stuff. Oh, cool. And you rent it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. If you, what you do is every convention you're doing stuff with ask them hey what do i who do i contact for booth upgrades like a couch oh. couch or this or whatever and then they'll tell you what companies they work with nice nice never knew that yeah so a lot of that stuff you just kind of like you know learn to what's the best what's the this what's the that how to get in how to get out 
how quickly to take down because you got to wait for everybody else. I mean, there's fuck so much shit, man. But those yeah. are the things you learn about that trade that are very helpful too, though. You get to really yeah. get a tap on all these different groups of people in the different areas. So if I wanted industry. to have the, like, because uh, I always wondered too, like if you have, you want to have a display, like a big heavy display. Yeah, like they, to, they bring they, them in. They to, yeah, that. and then you fill it in. Yeah, exactly. But like, oh, okay. But there that's why go. when you say, oh, these giant, how do these boots? Because they're spending, those boots are spending fucking 20, 30, 50,000 on their boot. You know, I have a, I have a, personally, I have a whole like way I look at why someone spends on booths or this or when you can afford to really do that. Cause sometimes doing it can also break your, break the bank also. If you do. Yeah. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to justify doing a booth like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that return on investment is so poor. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Well, just again, it depends on what show and who it is and where it is and what it is and who you are. Yeah. And when you're already booked and busy, a lot of it's most of the time you already, if you're a real crazy, wild, big company with those giant booths, they already have 90% of their clientele booked with meetings with buyers and people who are coming there to be part of that whole thing. And they're already expecting all those people to come and, and purchase and this and do shit. So it's part of their expenses. I like that idea. The way they write it off. I like off, that idea. You know? Yeah. So, and and that's what it is. You know, a lot of their biggest customers are always rolling around their show. So they have meetings with them. Hey, how are you doing? And you take them up for dinners and this. And you make sure that all those people are super happy. And then you get all the new people that come also. You know, there's a lot of different things that you'll learn and benefit, you know, for doing something like that for sure. I learned something. I learned something new there. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, even just the setup of some of those boots, I mean, they just hire a company that comes and Oh, there's, yeah, no, it's unions. They have they have exhibition booth companies that you could take your booth, you buy it all tricked out in this with the walls and this and the lights and the TV and everything, and then they box it all up, put it in a fucking wild crate, and they'll store it until next year or store it at a place where you take it or you have it shipped and it gets shipped back to Oregon. But you start learning logistics, you know, oh, it might be better to just store it with them till next year or blah, blah, blah. Put in a spot somewhere here, pay the rent and then pull it out. It's cheaper than what it would be to fucking ship it back and forth and everything. You understand? Like, yeah, you got to find it back and forth. You yes. got to find out the shows that are the ones that are the ones that last for years and that you always want to be a part of. You know what I mean? That That's how yeah, you I break mean, it down. Is, oh, yeah. Is certainly- yeah, yeah. Certainly showing main, up. Main staple. You know what I mean? For what you're doing, main staple. All the smoke shop owners go there. That's like a huge fucking part of your clientele. Mass, yeah. Massive. They're the yeah. ones that are getting everything out to the general public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you learn a lot. It's always good to see. Good to see how people And you're getting going. to meet some cool motherfuckers. Why don't we talk about some of that? You got to talk with Anthony, right? A little more. Yeah, times. really looking forward. <clears throat> yeah, really looking. Yeah, so we actually did a couple of podcasts, and what do you know? We had an issue with our uh, <laughs> audio. Nothing worse than shooting a flipping <laughs> podcast to figure out that the audio wasn't on. So that was just crushing. Um, 
But yeah, so Anthony looks after 40 tons. They are, um, their business focused on helping those get out of prison who have gotten unjust sentences for yeah. for cannabis. Yeah. For cannabis. And, yeah. um, so we're actually going to be doing a joint venture with him on our gummies. And That's we'll great. Be donating the profits to them to help with their cause. Yeah. So they will be getting released over the next, uh, uh, I'd say, God, over the next few few weeks. That's few great. Weeks, uh, Are you? And it's gonna. Yo, did you already design them? Just waiting on the final parts of the design. Nice, so, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, so nearly there, just finishing up all the contracts and everything. And That's great. Um, yeah. Dope, man. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do to, you know, help people yeah. that, you know, are penalized for the same, you know, plant, 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 yeah, that we get to make money on and you know it just it's just kind of mind-blowing but you know hopefully cannabis will be descheduled and every one of these forms delta this delta that this that cannabis this it's all going to be legal once the whole plant's legal yeah, yeah. that's what's dope you know think yeah. about it because it's, it's not coming. that it's coming it's not that far away no no and That's, I don't think will there even be a differentiation between hemp and tea and and yeah. And I wonder. So I wonder just, if they will. Then it won't matter. Then it won't matter. And, yeah. yeah. Then it won't matter. Just be like, this is the non-strong. <laughs> this is the yeah. whatever. Yeah. Sort of ridiculous. Just like and all this the thing here is this thing here, but we're just going to call it different. And then all the medical studies that'll get to be done. Yeah. Yeah, really fascinating to see how this unravels and, and to actually see the studies and how it can really help people. I know, right? It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But look, that was a, honestly, I want to thank you, uh, Andrew, as always, for uh, for having me on here. Oh, yeah, and, man. Uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a real busy schedule today, so I'm going to have to get back to it. No problem. But um, let's... Uh, Let's leave it there. Gang, thank you all for for listening. We're going to keep this content coming. Absolutely. And, uh, just keep tuned for more Owl's Oil next uh, week, uh, podcast yeah. next week. Next and week we'll, we'll talk uh, to you all then. Yeah, we'll talk about a couple of new topics. But what's great is that we have essentially the Owl's Oil's Roadshow where Gavin will be popping from state to state and definitely not having audio issues on the next records. Never again. But yeah. we'll have a whole array of content to bring in uh, once he starts traveling. So that's fucking great, man. Right. It was good talking to you All soon. Right. Thanks All right, for brother. having me, Andrew. All right, later, brother. Life. Cool. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. O'Reilly Auto Parts will help you find just the right parts, products, and accessories for your car so you can get the job done right the first time. We'll also test your battery and check engine light, change your wiper blades, and refer you to a repair shop if needed. Trust our professional parts people. We're here to help you keep your car on the road. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
right here in Greater Atlanta. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Because plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping Greater Atlanta's hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. doesn't have to stop here if you have any questions suggestions or feedback head over right now to twitter and facebook and like share and get involved join us next time